The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Okay, so we're back to Hilchos Matanos Aniyim chapter 10, which we didn't finish. I didn't realize we were so close to the end. I don't know why we didn't just finish last time. Last thing we did was the eight levels of tzedakah. Um, and now we are up to the final halachas in the parak. Okay, so we'll hopefully finish this tomorrow. Um, if not, I guess we don't do it tomorrow on your last day, then we'll do it Wednesday. Okay. Hanosim mizonos, levanov So someone who gives food or sustenance to his sons and daughters who are adults, who he's not obligated in providing for them. Okay, why? In order to teach the um, the males Torah and to guide the daughters in an upright path, uh, and that they now I assume that they Yihiu is talking about the the sons and the daughters because it says Yihiu, and that they should not be bezuyos uh, or sorry mevuzos uh, degraded. Okay. And similarly, someone who gives um, uh, provides food for his um, father and mother, uh, this is included in tzedakah. Okay, so this is a common question about like people who support their uh, their adult children or their children who are like you know not like minors. Uh, is that tzedakah? The answer is yes. Okay. Um, now he does say he gives reasons, right? He says so that the kid, the sons can learn Torah and that the daughters can. Be you know uh, I don't even know what that means. So they could be like governed in an upright way. I'm not exactly sure what that means. And then his 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 own parents. I don't think it's limited to that though. It seems like if they had any sorts of needs, you know, then that would be included in tzedakah. But he goes further and he says, "Utzedakah It's a huge tzedakah. Why? Shakar of kodem because your relatives come first in the priority of tzedakah, like we've uh, we've talked about. anim, and then he transitions in the same halacha. This is an interesting transition. Anyone who uh, provides food and drink to the poor and to the orphans on his from his own table, then that person will call to Hashem and Hashem will answer him. And that person will have, okay, this is a hard word to translate. Will have enjoyment provided for him on God. Okay, well, you'll see what that means from the second in a second. Uh, the Makbili says, um, He'll have physical enjoyments. It says, It says in Yishayahu, Then you will call and Hashem will answer. Okay, so let's look at that in context. All right, this is, one of my, you know, few things that I know in Yishayahu, uh, this is the Haftorah of, um, of Yom HaKippurim, uh, when it talks about, I'm actually going to read it for the, um, for the sake of uh, speed. I'm going to read this in English um, because it's long. Uh, it's not super long, but um, so I want to get into the ideas. So this is in chapter 58. So this is the... Um, Okay, so the, this is our school's translation, uh, and uh, there's words in brackets, but this is a really, really good, uh, it's a really good Navi, not for me to say it was a good Navi, but this is really good. Okay, so so it's talking, it says, uh, cry out vociferously, okay, meaning cry out like uh, with a uh, loud voice, don't restrain yourself, 
raise your voice like a shofar, proclaim to my people, this is God talking, their willful sins, the house of Jacob, their transgressions. They pretend to seek me every day and they desire to know my ways like a nation that acts righteously and has not forsaken the justice of its God. They inquire me of me about the laws of justice as if they desire the nearness of God asking, oh, you know, maybe I have this in translation on in a blog post. Hold on. Yeshayahu 58. Yeah. What about the all Torah translation? The Altura translation is uh, the old JPS uh, archaic one, and I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Um, oh, okay, it picks up right where I was going to read. Okay, good. <laughs> Three. Okay. Uh, so, uh, oh, sorry. No, not yet. Oh, no, not quite yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, right here. So this is what the people are asking. Why did we fast and you did not see? Why did we afflict our souls and you did not know? So they're calling out to God and saying, like, we're fasting. Why aren't you noticing us? So he says, can such be the fast I choose, a day when man merely afflicts himself? Can it be merely bowing one's head like a bulrush and spreading sackcloth and ashes? Do you call this a fast and a day of favor to Hashem? Surely, now here, so, so the answer is no. It's a rhetorical question. So now God's going to describe what kind of fast he actually values. Surely this is the fast I choose, to break open the shackles of wickedness, to undo the bonds of injustice, to let the oppressed go free, and annul all perversion. Surely you should break your bread for the hungry and bring the moaning poor to your home. When you see a naked person, clothe him and do not hide yourself from your kin. Then your light will burst out like the dawn and your healing will speedily sprout. Your righteous deed will precede you and the glory of Hashem will gather you in. Here's our process. Then you will call and Hashem will respond. You will cry out and he will say, here I am. If you remove from your midst thing, uh, uh, perversion, finger pointing and evil speech and offer your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will shine into the darkness and your deepest gloom will be like the noon. Okay, then he goes a few seconds further than what my translation was. Um tamid. God will guide you constantly. Which means, then uh, Hashem uh, will guide you always. Save your soul in times of drought and strengthen your bones. Um, you'll be like a watered garden. Like a wellspring of water whose waters don't go dry. Um, ancient ruins will be rebuilt through you. You will restore generations old foundations and they will call you repairer of the breach and restorer of the paths of habitation. Okay, two more psukim. Okay, then translation into Shabbos. If you withhold your foot uh, on Shabbos, doing your desires on my holy day, the Karasa le Shabbos Oneg, and you declare Shabbos a, uh, an enjoyment, the Holy One of Hashem uh, uh, honored, and you honor Shabbos by refraining from your going about your ways, and um, seeking your desires and speaking uh, uh, in, in speech. Okay, those are all allusions to um, things that became Durabans. Az tis Hashem, then you, your enjoyment will be on Hashem. We hear Kavtika al Bamasi arts, and he will elevate you, cause you to ride on the heights of the earth. He will feed you from the inheritance of Yaakov, your father, because the mouth of Hashem has spoken. Okay, so really mysterious Pesukim here, but the part I want to point out is if you just read the Rambam and he says that if you support the poor, God will, then you'll call out and God will answer, you would think, oh, this is a way to get your tefillahs answered. Right. But the way that the Navi, the context of the Navi points it out is no, 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 it was bad. You were crying out and God was not answering you because you were not doing this. You know, it's not just like this is like a bonus, like signal boost for like, you know, calling out to Hashem. It's that that insofar as you're not involved in this and you're trying to appeal to Hashem through doing these like fasting and like sackcloth and all these like ritual things, but you're not involved in justice, God will refuse to answer you. But when you do this, 
and you use those fasts and stuff as a means for like actually, you know, living a life of tzedakah and mishpat, so then Hashem will answer you. The question though is why is this in one halacha, right? You have supporting your adult children and your parents, that's tzedakah. Then he says it's a good tzedakah because it's a relative. And then he says, and anyone who feeds the poor and the orphans as on their table, then um, then then God will answer them when they call out. So like, what what what's the unity here? I mean, you know, it's all like doing good tzedakah. The last one is if you provide food and drink for the uh, poor and the orphans at your table, then God will, uh, then you'll call out to God and he'll answer and then he'll provide you with physical enjoyments. Yeah. Is there all points is like a more, is a special advance in just giving someone money? Uh, you, you elaborate? What do you mean? As it's probably saying higher forms of sake as in supporting your, your relatives and the, I suppose, and the people at your own table, not just giving them, it's not like inviting them to your table. Okay, so I think the table is the key. Okay, right? So uh, I actually got this from the Malbim. I was looking into these Pesukim here, and the Malbim said, so in the Hebrew, when it talks about the um, the poor, it says in Pesuk Zion, Halo faros if you break your bread for the starving, the anim rudim tavi bias, and the downtrodden poor you bring into your house. Kisire aron v'chisi. So when you see a naked person and you clothe him, umi basarcha lotisalim, and literally do not hide from your own flesh. So the Malbim says uh, an interesting thing here. He says, "Achar shiber tanayatzom." After explaining the conditions for the fast. Uh, Hello, when Hashem says, this is the fast that I choose. It's talking about the um, the condition for the affliction. God does not want you to afflict your, your nefesh. In other words, he doesn't want you, God doesn't want you to be afflicted by starving yourself. He wants you to give food to the people who are starving. And it says two levels of tzedakah, one higher than the other. Before I actually read on, I just want to emphasize, I, I know I've talked about this before, but like one of the purposes of the fast day is you are voluntarily depriving yourself of food and experiencing hunger. But what that should get you to do is it should get you to realize that you're doing this as a choice, but there are people who experience hunger who don't have a choice. And those are the people who you should be taking care of on that day. In other words, you're supposed to be putting yourself in a state where you can empathize with people in a physical way, which should lead to emotional empathy, which should lead to doing an actual justice. You know, so that's like, that's what, whenever you have hunger pangs on a fast day, I think that's a good thing to like program yourself to feel, which is like, like I'm hungry, but I can eat after taste tonight. But like, there are people who are hungry and can't eat. And those are the people who, that's the reason why I'm fasting today, so that I can take care of those people. Okay, so two levels of tzedakah. One, you provide for the poor his needs in bread and clothing and a house. So that's the normal tzedakah. Second one is what you were saying. Neged lechem. Omer pros break bread for the poor. Even if you have whole bread, give half of it to the ani. Give him your white bread. Again, white bread was or the pure flour bread, meaning the high quality bread. hadira, and regarding the house, Omer, uh, it says, 
the downtrodden poor bring into your household. And regarding the, the uh, clothing, don't hide yourself from your flesh. I think this is a great lesson. Don't treat it as though you are stealing from your own flesh to give to the flesh outside of you. When you clothe the ani, it should be like getting clothing for yourself. Uh, all people are one flesh, you know? So this is like, um, uh, in my, I gave, uh, uh, here yesterday and I forgot which Pusuk it was. Oh yeah. yeah it was, it was the Pusuk about, um, about, uh, I'll, I'll just recap this because Fistel had a good, uh, um, example of this. Um, I think it was on this Pusuk. So the Pusuk in Aisha's uh, in Mishlei 31, it's actually two Pusukim. 31, 19, and 20. Her hand extends to the spindle and her palms support the distaff, which are two types of things you use to make thread. And then it also says, her palm is extended to the poor. And her hand stretches forth to the, to the desperately poor. So there's some analogy being made because each puzzle uses yad and kaf, right? So her, her hands are involved in her sewing and her hands are involved in giving tzedakah. So the idea that we said from Rabbi Moskowitz was um, and from the Mi'iri is that she she's involved in taking her, care of her own needs and doing her own work. But she, but as soon as a poor person comes, she 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 like will go and help them, and she doesn't feel like well, I made all of this for myself, and this is my family. She relates to another human being in the same way that she relates to her own family, even though practically she does give priority to her family. But she won't like say like, oh, I worked so hard for this, I'm not going to give any to the to the poor. And I think this is the puzzle that Pistel said. Like if a woman is planning, like Aisha Skyla is planning a simcha, if she pr- plans for her uh, another Jew's simcha with the same level of dedication and energy and excitement as she does for her own simcha, like that's a high level, you know? And that's like what this Navi is saying that, that a lot of people feel like they have, okay, this is my money and my clothing and I'm giving it to this person. But if they gave it to themselves, they wouldn't feel, they would feel like, no, this is my money that I have a right to. But the mom is emphasizing the fact that like this person is, it, it, it's just sharing. Like these poor people are a member of your house, you know? And I think that's the key is that the unifying thing in the halacha here is it's expanding your idea of what the household is. You know, it's like you tell this guy, oh, you can provide tzedakah for your own kids. And he's like, oh, nice. You know, I, 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 my tuition is going to count as a tzedakah or however that works halachically. You know, and you say, oh, you can provide for your parents. Oh, that's tzedakah, great. Yeah, and you can provide for the poor and having them come into your house. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. So like, but that that's exactly the point is that that these people should be a member of your household. And again, that's very, you know, that's very hard for us to do now because it's not socially acceptable. But they say that like, you know, you go into Rapheim Solvachik's house and it's just like tons of just poor people just in his house, just, you know, hanging out and like eating food and like providing for them. That, that was like the, uh, the ideal. Okay, let's do one more so we can get to the next topic tomorrow. Tzivu Chachamim, the Chachamim commanded, which uh, we learned earlier this year from the Yad Pshuta, that when the Ramam says the Chachamim commanded, it means good advice. doesn't mean like Achiv Durbanan. Sheyihu b'nei beso shal adam anim b'yesomim b'mukom ha'avadim. Okay, they commanded, they advised that a person's, um, that in a person's household, the poor and the orphans should be in place of servants. Okay, now that does not mean you should go enslave the poor and the orphans, but it means that uh, it says, Better that um, for you to utilize these people and that you should provide benefit for Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov from your own possessions, your own property. And, uh, and they should not be 
you should not be um, provided for from the offspring of Ham. I guess he's using Ham because Ham is um, uh, gets the uh, Canaan has the curse of Evan of Adimi here. Le'achav, you know, be a servant of servants. I assume that's a reference there. Shekola marbe avadim, the more avadim a person has, Wow, okay, I was looking for a quote like this. Um, I was I've been on the look for, uh, I wrote this article last week about the Isser to free a, uh, there's an Isser to free a non-Jewish slave, okay? Um, but the loophole, so to speak, is you can free them to do a mitzvah. And I was trying to reconcile that with like this idea I've heard that the Torah is morally against slavery and the envisions for slavery to be like completely eradicated. And I've been on the lookout for like statements that like discourage slavery. And I, I missed this one. <laughs> but if I need a member of your household, then you're going to uh, uh, at every moment, you're going to increase the and mitzvahs. So I, I always wonder, you know, we live on uh, the border of one of the most wealthy uh, Jewish cities in the United States, right, Lawrence. Uh, and, you know, you, you see people who are wealthy and they have like cleaning people and they have, you know, some of them have like, um, like nannies and stuff, you know, and I bet they don't know about this halacha, but, you know, this really is saying that you, if you're going to employ people who are ser- like servants of any sort, you really should be employing uh, poor Jews. And that is providing them with a livelihood. Like, um, as we saw that in the eight levels of tzedakah, um, the highest level uh, is, he says, I think it's the highest level here. Where is it? Uh, yeah. You, uh, you strengthen the hand of a Jew who is poor. Right. You give him a gift or a loan or a partnership, or you produce malacha for him. Until he doesn't need people anymore and doesn't need to beg. Right. So this providing employment for a maidservant who's Jewish is the highest level of tzedakah. And he's saying here that you are increasing your zuchus because you're also, um, uh, you know, you're 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 caring for that niim, but you're also um, benefit. You're, you're keeping the wealth within the Jewish people, right? So, you know, I wonder how many uh, I wonder how many um, wealthy Jews uh, actually do this, and I wonder how many of them just don't even know about it. Um, you know, um, uh, it's, it's a good good thing to get the word out there. Not not that I have connections in that regard, but uh, given the share, putting this out there. Okay, so Blee Netter, tomorrow we have four halachas. Yeah, it doesn't like come, uh, conflict with like embarrassing you. Yeah, right, and that's the, we, we noticed that that in the levels of tzedakah after that it goes to the anonymity thing. Like the double blind is the best, you know, but I guess at the end of the day, we want working and being paid. Yeah. It's a much more dignified way to, uh, to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for coming. We'll try to finish it tomorrow. If not, then the next day. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are MattSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.